All right, all right. Welcome to the Cavish Ships podcast, where we try and cut through the fog and the murk and shine a bit of light on naval and maritime issues of the day. I'm Chris Cavus. And I'm Chris Cervello. Happy New Year. Our podcast is sponsored in part by Huntington Ingalls Industries. HII is a trusted defense and technologies partner supporting all services in all domains and America's only builder of nuclear-powered aircraft carriers. HII, delivering hard stuff done right. Coming up, messaging and communications. Joining us will be our podcast partner, longstanding defense journalist, Vago Maradian, to discuss the need for the Navy to share its story, the impact of gag orders from the Secretary of the Navy, and what we hope to see and hear at the upcoming Surface Navy National Symposium. But first, a look at this week's Naval News. The U.S. destroyer USS Chung Hoon, DDG-93, carried out a Taiwan Strait Transit January 5th, the first such passage of 2023, and the first since November 5th. As usual, the move was closely watched by the Chinese, who, responding to U.S. Pacific Fleet's news release on the transit, said the U.S. hyped it up publicly. The Chinese and Russian navies carried out a seven-day exercise in the East China Sea that wrapped up on December 27th. The Joint Sea exercises have been held each year since 2012 and covered a number of missions, including air defense, anti-submarine warfare, blockade, and control and rescue missions. Meanwhile, a Chinese naval task group led by the aircraft carrier Liaoning carried out a relatively wide-ranging cruise, conducting heavy flight operations in mid-December near the Japanese island of Okinawa before heading into the Philippine Sea and approaching the territorial waters of Guam on December 28th. Chinese media, noting the long-range cruise missiles carried by destroyers accompanying the Leoning, said the demonstration served as a deterrent against potential U.S. provocations. A Chinese Navy J-11 fighter intercepted a U.S. Air Force RC-135 rivet joint surveillance aircraft on December 21st in international airspace over the South China Sea. The Pentagon released a video of the incident on December 30th and said that the Chinese jet maneuvered within 20 feet of the U.S. aircraft's nose and forced the RC-135 to take evasive maneuvers. The Chinese military released its own video of the U.S. Air Force aircrafts taken from the J-11, claiming the rivet joint was in Chinese airspace. The Russian Navy commissioned three warships on December 29th with ceremonies for all three featuring a live video link from Russian President Vladimir Putin. Most significant of the three was the Project 955A Borea class ballistic missile submarine Journalissimus Suvorov, along with the Boyan M class missile corvette Grad and mine countermeasure ship Anatoly Shlamov. Two Iranian warships are in mid-Pacific carrying out a worldwide circumnavigation voyage that began in late September to demonstrate the intended growing military and maritime reach of the Iranian state. The light frigate Dina and base ship Macron were reported December 25th to be near French Polynesia, tracked by a French surveillance aircraft. So far, Iran has not publicized a schedule of port calls for the two ships. The Sikorsky CH-53K King Stallion heavy lift helicopter was approved on December 21st for full rate production. The Hilo, the largest helicopter operated by the U.S. military, is intended to replace existing CH-53s in service with the U.S. Marine Corps. While similar in appearance to earlier CH-53s, the Kilo is a greatly upgraded and redesigned version with entirely new avionics and more powerful engines, 
The aircraft reached its initial operating capability in April of 2022, and 42 kilos already are in low-rate production. The Corps plans to buy a total of 200 CH-53 Kilo King Stallions. And that's a look at just some of this week's Naval News. Before we move on to our next segment, a special thanks to our sponsor, GE Marine. GE Marine offers unparalleled power and propulsion for ships from the biggest combatants to the smallest and fastest patrol boats. GE's propulsion solutions are ready for the next generation of sea power. Learn more at geaerospace.com backslash marine. All right, well, turning to our discussion portion, we're joined by our good friend, longtime colleague, Vago Moradin. Welcome back to the podcast, Vago. Guys, it's an honor and pleasure being on the world's finest naval and maritime podcast. Thanks for having me. You nailed that one, didn't you? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Vago. So, folks, we're going to focus today on the chill on communications that's come down from the Navy's senior leadership. This appears to stem from the reaction by Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro to public statements made by senior officers of the submarine community during the Submarine League Symposium in early November. While issuing no written guidance, Del Toro has, according to multiple sources, expressed through intermediaries his desire to essentially dial way down on the public messaging about specific Navy programs and strategies. The result has been that the normal flow of even basic information has become stifled, and public appearances and writings by many Navy officials, uniformed and civilian, have been severely cut back. A case in point in this is this year's upcoming Naval Sea Systems Command briefing schedule for the Service Navy Symposium that begins on January 10th. NAVC usually puts out a robust, detailed, and eagerly anticipated schedule featuring program managers of key ship programs. This is the NAVC briefing schedule from a year ago in January 2022. The littoral combat ship, LCS Pro Mission Modules, the Constellation Class Frigate, Advanced Damage Control Systems, DDG-51 Arleigh Burke Class Program Update, Assault Ship LHA and LPD Updates, Ship to Shore Connector Update, the DDG-X, the Next Service Combatant Program Update, Unmanned Maritime Systems Update, Surface Ship Sustainment Update, Surface Ship Modernization Update, Surface Electronic Warfare Improvement Program Update, Rapid Delivery of Combat Systems Capability, LCS Sustainment and Modernization. That was last year. This year, Advanced Damage Control Systems dem uh, de Demonstration, Ship to Shore Connectors, Small Business Initiatives, Rapid Delivery of Combat Systems Capability, Additive Manufacturing Overview, and Cold Spray Repair Technology Overview. And that's it. The only ship program at all is the Ship to Shore Connectors Program Update. This is the very small air cushion landing craft. No destroyers, no frigates, no service combatants, none of that stuff. So that's what we have to look forward to or not look forward to at this year's SNA. Vago, what do you make of that? Um, look, if if you're not uh, communicating, uh, then somebody else is communicating for you. I don't want to take your thunder away from you, uh, Chris, uh, or or sound like a, a public affairs officer. But we as reporters uh, are eager. You know, we use Surface Navy Association to learn as much as we can, get up to speed on what the Surface Navy uh, is doing. Message discipline obviously matters, especially at a time when the Navy, and I know we're going to talk about this later, uh, is about to lose control of its future. The mixed messages over a long period of time are going to drive Congress to take uh, more intimate control about uh, of the future of the Navy. Uh, so everybody understands the importance of message discipline. Everybody also understands the importance of not discussing classified information. Uh, but uh, 
Uh, if I can contrast this as somebody who's covered each of uh, the services over a protracted period of time, the United States Air Force at each of its major symposium makes all of its major leaders available. Every single major command commander in the United States Air Force, including the secretary, including the acquisition chief, including the chief and all of uh, the major commanders uh, take time up to an hour with reporters to sit to build relationships and answer the toughest questions with no holds barred. So, um, you know, I think the Navy is making uh, a mistake. Uh, either get your message discipline right, but certainly use this for the opportunity to bring people up to speed. We yeah, have a new frigate program, the FIG-62, uh, Flight 3. There's so many things that, it, and, and by the way, some very positive stories the Navy can be telling about the aircraft carrier, for example, and I think it's just a, a, an opportunity lost. You know, case in point, you just talked about making those leaders available. So that's not just appearing on panels, which are controlled affairs and frankly, don't rarely make much news. But you're, you're talking about something beyond just on the panels, but meeting with reporters, talking, talking in detail afterwards, which is, by the way, what happened at Submarine League. Uh, well, I mean, and it also happens at AUSA, uh, where Army leaders are very open and very available and, and field very tough questions, uh, including how ugly their, their baby is, right? I mean, and so ultimately, I think the United States Navy, um, again, I mean, I can understand the concern and the criticism and what have you, uh, and the importance of not disclosing um, classified information. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I again, I'll, I'll leave it to you guys to chew on it anymore. I'm not sure there's all that much more I can add to that. Let me take the other side, because I kind of went through this when I worked for Admiral Richardson, um, who had been to a number of public events and had read stories out of public events and was really disappointed with the amount of I won't say classified information because it wasn't classified, but really right up against the edge of classified information. Um, and he he felt like um, his uh, members of his wardroom were sharing too much information. Uh, and so we spent a lot of time as the engagement and communication staff coming up with something in writing. And, and we did put a memo together um, that we had hoped would not you know, have a chilling effect, but would simply send the message um, that the, the boss was concerned about what was uh, what was being said. There is no nuance in the flag wardroom, unfortunately, and in the SES wardroom. They hear things just like they did with Admiral Richardson, and, and it sounds like they're doing the same thing is happening with this latest guidance from uh, Secretary Del Toro. They hear a concern from the boss about messaging, about details, um, and it becomes a binary decision. Talk, don't talk. Um, and the way I always tried to explain the way you communicate to my bosses was, is you should think of it as a rheostat. Um, you, you know, zero on one end, 10 on the other. And what we should be trying to decide before we go to any one of these events is, in addition to the message is, is where did we want that rheostat? I would argue, as you guys have, uh, Surface Navy is, I, I would have that rheostat turned up pretty high. Um, I, I, you know, with the exception of, as you said, classified or budget. Um, I would even argue probably as the secretary, he's more worried about budget than he is about classified. And that's not to say that he doesn't want to, that he wants to give away classified information, but what will get a political appointee and what will get a four-star admiral in more trouble or more hassle is when you get out ahead of OSD or the Congress and, and you talk about um, things that aren't yet decided. And, and from what we hear, that's what happened at Sub League. Um, and that's what's happened at SNAs in, in the past. 
as much as I think it's easy to sort of blame the secretary or blame the CNO in this case, I would expect that the leadership at NAVC and at Surf4 and at Surfland and others, I would expect them to be a little bit more seasoned and be a little smarter about what they do. And, and instead of doing very little, um, simply take the guidance for what it is and get out there and, and talk. I mean, there, there are great examples of this. We've both, both podcasts, our, our maritime podcast and Vago on, on a number of your podcasts, we've had Admiral Casey Moten on, I mean, Casey is able to do this very well. He's able to give a lot of information. He's able to, to share things and, and stay out of trouble. Brad Cooper, the current fifth fleet commander is another example of somebody that can, can talk and, and take the spirit of the guidance, but, um, but still get information out there. So we know how to do this. It's just disappointing when it becomes a binary. Yes, we'll talk or no, we won't. Well, there's also, you know, I mean, there's just so much, uh, you know, to, um, to talk about here. Um, I'm, I've been disappointed for many, many, many years that people on panels, people and people giving addresses at these professional forums, which frankly, I mean, a lot of people pay a lot of money to go to these things. That's why they exist. They exist before some organization to make a lot of money. One of the, one of the major attractions for justifying that expense is, yeah, but this general is going to speak and that admiral is going to speak. And we really want to hear these people. We, we really want to know what's on their mind. And okay, then they show up and they talk to people like they're the Rotary Club for Racine. Sorry, Racine's a small place. It's in the middle of nowhere and there's no ocean near there. So why do we need to talk about these people about like you don't know anything? This is a professional audience. It's been there and done that. But the, you know, the main goal of a lot of these addresses and a lot of these people on panels is to just not to, 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 to stay out of trouble to hopefully not say anything that somebody else is going to have a problem with. And that's sort of part of the whole culture here is that people can't abide by other opinions and they can't abide by honest discussion. We're not talking about classified. And by the way, if you're going to talk about classified stuff, anybody can classify anything for any reason. And there's no process to declassify anything. So just because it's classified doesn't mean that it should be classified. And that's sorry, that's just truth. And I've been on both sides of that part. I mean, you know, right now it you can't you can't actually get a copy of the US Navy's construction program because it's it it's 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 restrictive. We're not there's zero technical information. We're talking about what's under contract and what are the what are the who who's doing what, what what's the schedule? How how simple they used to actually post it on the on a web. The same document now is restricted and nobody has it. It's the only document that has that. I urge anybody, anybody in Congress, please ask for the Naval Sea Systems Command shipbuilding quarterly progress report, shipbuilding and conversion quarterly progress report, and just to get a handle on what is the Navy's programs. You can't do that because somebody thought it would be embarrassing. And now it's now it's restricted. You, you've got your you've got your hand up. I do want to tee you up though. Um, I started working with you very closely about three years ago, and one of the things as I traveled around with you that I was the most struck when I went to Army and Air Force um, conferences was it's all about war fighting at those conferences. And as growing up in the Navy, it tends to be more about programmatics. And I think if you could talk a little bit about that and and the the difference. 
um, in in how um, that one reaches the the uniformed audience, but also reaches the the myriad other audiences that go to these conferences. Exactly. Um, I, I just wanted to say one, uh, just not a, a shout out. I mean, we were a, a Surface Navy Association media partner, uh, but what I wanted to point out is that that it is the annual symposium that brings money in, so that the organization can do the good works, make that advocacy for sea power, uh, and have programs all the way from the national uh, level, local level uh, waterfront uh, to the to the national level for 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 what it's worth. So um, you know, just like sub league and navy league, uh, each one of these uh, and and AUSA and AFA, uh, or I should say, Air and Space Forces Association. Uh, to your point, Chris. Uh, right. Um, the 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 it, it is true that the Air Force and um, the Army in particular do focus on the warfight elements of this. Uh, they get into the mechanics of, uh, for example, agile combat employment. Um, you and I, uh, I think, were together for the first uh, AFA uh, in a while. At the time, it was AFA before Air and Space Forces Association. And Secretary Kendall was talking about. Um, an exercise in the Pacific where a, a newly uh, promoted uh, Captain 03 uh, was, uh, you know, spearheading bare base operations and a, a whole ton of jets was uh, landing at this in installation. She handled those uh, for a couple of days, frantic uh, cyclic operations. And then, it, you know, all those airplanes left uh, uh, that captain's base and went to another base uh, in the Pacific to be able to operate. And so there is a focus uh, on... Uh, some of the hard questions, you know, how do we fight our way in? Uh, and, and uh, you know, a number of other things. I mean, a, a shout out to your former uh, boss, uh, uh, Chris, uh, Admiral Richardson did start uh, to talk more about, uh, you know, there are no monuments, uh, you know, uh, for battles at sea. Uh, you either sailed away victorious or you're at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, and, um, and I think, you know, getting to some of those things, moving away from the prog programmatics, and I got to tell you something, the programmatic element of it is where the Navy keeps getting itself into trouble. Every year, it's a new shipbuilding count number. I mean, it's it's almost like a dog's dinner, and at the end of the day, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and you and I have talked about this uh, issue uh, before. Um, no other service could get away with building LCS and then scrapping it without using it, even though there's value to LCS, right? Uh, and the, the Navy's attitude very much is, you know, it all doesn't really matter because I'm going to get the money no matter what, uh, no matter how responsibly or irresponsibly I spend it. Uh, and for somebody like me, we could have bought a lot of air power. We could have bought a lot of land power. We could have bought better sea power. And so at the end of the day, I, I think it's the programmatics are important. You have to talk about it. But I think also you have to talk about the war fight uh, and, and to really prepare your force um, for the kind of war at sea that it has not seen since World War II. So what, I'll ask both both you and Chris, uh, we'll start with Chris and then come back to Vago. What what do you hope to hear? Um, I, I mean, you, you know, it, it is unlikely that uh, we're going to change between now and Tuesday. There are a number of, uh, of panels that are teed up. Uh, are there any that caught your eye and that you think, yeah, this is what I want to hear? Um, I mean, you know, these conferences are great for meeting people and rekindling relationships and that sort of thing. But is there anything specific that jumps out at you? Well, there are, there's a lot of things I'd like to hear about. Yeah. I'll be honest. I, I have very, 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 very low expectations uh, for anything. I, I really do think that um, in terms of, you know, getting any actual insight is going to be pretty, they're going to be very little. I think there'll be some things. Um, 
I, th I think we're going to hear a couple of things from um, the swell boss, Vice Admiral Kitchener, uh, Service Warfare Officer, swell boss. Um, that'll be a little more, a little newer, a little more detailed than we've heard before. Um, they will move the needle somewhat. Overall, I think though, you know, again, you get a lot of people who are going to try and not try and stay out of trouble. Industry, industry is in a quandary because industry is trying to talk. They they really want to talk. They really want. Mm -hmm. They have they have stories to tell, and they have they are, you know, professional communicators. They're trying to make money and get their their story out there, and their primary customer is nervous. So how far can they go? So I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens. I mean, but like I said. You know, we had a really, really, really robust NAPSI brief schedule last year and an extremely thin schedule this year. And that that could easily be a harbinger of, of what's to come. Bago? Um, uh, look, um, I, it's, it's never uh, any one uh, particular uh, address. You obviously want to hear uh, from Admiral Kitchener. Uh, you want to hear from the N96. You want to hear from Admiral Pyle uh, and what he has to uh, say. Uh, you want to hear from amphibious warfare, obviously, or expeditionary warfare, um, given that the light amphibious warship is a, is a, uh, a, a factor in the discussion. Um, look, I mean, to a degree, this might be actually the last Navy SNA, right? I mean, the Congress has really been calling the shots for some time, or OSD has been. Uh, I'm going to harken back, uh, Chris. Um, it, it, it's important to have a 30-year plan, and it's important to share that 30-year plan, and it's important to put, you know, do the hard work for that 30-year plan to make sense uh, and to use it as a template. Um, again, I mean, I, I don't want to be talking to a predominantly Navy audience and, and, and blowing uh, the Air Force's horn on this, but the Air Force has a very disciplined corona process. The four stars get together four times a year. They actually set priorities. And then the service sticks to those priorities. Uh, and so when you see the senior leadership say it's F-35 tanker and bomber, doggone it, it's F-35 tanker and bomber. And then when bomber gets crossed off the list, then the new thing comes on, and it's, it, whether it's GBSD or something else. It's a disciplined process. Um, and, and, and so what I'm interested in hearing is where the discipline is uh, as Congress gets ready to take the show over. Uh, but then more specifically, and I think, you know, I'm going to give uh, a shout out uh, to the chief of the Canadian Navy, Angus Topshi, um, who talks and thinks about sea power. Uh, and uh, whether it's internally, he's talking to his force or externally, um, you know, what, sea, what war at sea is like and how to mentally be prepared for it. Um, and I think that the Navy should be doing a better job in talking about that um, and showing how its exercises are getting to the heart of that. Um, I will tell you that the Army had, you know, whether it was going to Afghanistan, whether it was Iraq, a seriousness to the way that it was preparing for contact uh, that was going to be deadly um, and how the enemy gets a vote. And I, I, I just would like to see a little bit more that aside from the rhetoric what it is that we're doing and how it is we're preparing and the tolerance we're exhibiting to those in the process who are getting up to speed. Um, because as Admiral Topshi uh, has, you know, points out, you know, you either run out of targets, you run out of bullets at war at sea. Um, and, and it's, it's very fast. It's very, very violent. Um, 
And if you have to get yourself into the right mindset of what that is, and we have not been in that mindset for a very, very long period of time. Um, so here's something coming from north of the border, which I do think, and, and hopefully we're going to be talking to Admiral Topshi uh, soon, is something I think that's that's what I want to hear without going on too long. That's those are the sort of things that I'm interested in hearing from this SNA uh, you know, about that, how we're that, readying the force for this. That that sort of let's get ready. It's coming. It's coming was very much a theme throughout Subleague. Yes, I, indeed, I, absolutely, I honestly, Chris. I mean, it really was. I mean, if, it was it was it was it was quite sobering. And if I do I do not know. I have no idea if that was part of Secretary Del Toro's peak. Um, it's not. I didn't. I didn't hear it was. But no, it was. It was. It was, it was, a, it was a, I mean, it, it, to, truth it, be told, it I believe pro, it was a program brief. It was. It was. It, 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 it was, was a was, specific program brief uh, on SSNs. Um, that, it was several uh, things, like like you said, it was it was wasn't one thing, but it was it, it was several things, but it was mostly some some little give, giving away too many technical details and talking about budget considerations that that are being considered. Well, and shortfalls. I mean, he was talking about problems and how hard it's going to be for us to get to where it is we want to be, right? But 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 the point is that that it was that was definitely a get ready that this is this is serious tone throughout Subleague. Um, and that's a that's a two day affair. We'll see if that if that really carries through here. I'm not so sure. Well, I, I'm just you know, let's. I'll be looking for how much they talk about the Flight Three Destroyer. This is this is the new the latest version of the Arleigh Burke class with an entirely new radar, Spy Six radar, being produced by Raytheon, integrated into the long standing Aegis combat system. The first ship is undergoing trials right now down in, at uh, Ingalls Shipbuilding. That is the warship for the foreseeable future. DDGX, the follow-on, is being pushed out into the 2030s at least as a bill payer for fighter for a new fighter and um, and new submarine. So we really want to know what's happening with with uh, Flight Three. What's the status of that? Where's that combat system? The boat is one thing. What about the combat system? Are we going to hear anything at all? It's really telling us this is working, and it's a pretty significant redesign in that hull too. So you know what's going on with that. Um, that's really, you know, that and, and, and the frigate, uh, the new Constellation class frigate, which is now under construction. There's no program briefs. There's, there, there should be, but there's not. So in the, in the panel, uh, if somebody just says that's really important, that's one of our priorities and that's it. Well, whoop de do, but that's, that's, <laughs> but that's whoever says that that's, and that's it. That's pathetic. We, we, the taxpayers deserve a lot more than just that you need you need to tell us what's going on here and find a way to do it well it's all it's all classified well then your job is to find a way to talk about that in an unclassified way it's not our job to just say oh okay so that's my that's my four cents what do you think chris <laughs> i think this problem is going to get worse though before it gets better um i mean Agreed. to be quite honest i mean vaga mentioned this may be the last surface Navy that, you know, sort of truly belongs to the Navy as, you know, sort of referencing the fact that Congress changed the mission of the Navy um, uh, without the support of the CNO. Congress uh, created this Naval Commission. Congress over the last several years, I mean, they've always put things in and taken, uh, pulled things out, but I would say they seem to have a, a, longer view of where they want their Navy to be um, as compared to the CNO and uh, the, the flag wardroom. So I, I don't know that these 
conferences look the same in two or three years than they have over the last two decades. I mean, they are an albatross around the neck of leadership. Um, used to be that you would go to these and decide what news you wanted to make and what narrative you wanted to um, put out there uh, and then follow that for the rest of the year. I mean, this was a great event for the Surface Force and that it, it, kind of, it helped you start off the calendar year pre-budget. Um, but I think now most flags go into this thinking, God, I hope I don't get in any trouble. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see I, as a, as somebody that goes to these, I, I still love them. It's a great opportunity to, to see yes. a bunch of people. It's a great opportunity, um, it's a great know, show. To, to see yeah. vendors and to see the, their wares and, and, you know, what, what they're looking to, uh, to share with the community. So we'll, but, we'll but see. Can um, I just throw really sure. quickly one, one quick, you know, what Jim McConville is always saying is you make your little piece of the army better. You know what our mission is. I'm giving you authority to make changes and make yourself better. Drop what's a stupid requirement. Focus on what's important. The United States Air Force is doing the same thing. It's empowering its captains to take eight ship formations and then brief the generals about what lessons were learned, uh, ultimately. And here you have the leadership afraid to talk. Now, what message is that sending across the entire force? If, If its leader can't talk, they're afraid of getting punished. This is hammering all the way down to the deck plates. And this is a problem that the United States Navy has had for a while. And it has to make that cultural difference. Uh, Cultural change, if it's going to get to where it needs to be in order to be trading iron in the Western Pacific, God forbid, if the shooting uh, starts. It can't have people who are worried about their command or what they're going to do and whether they're going to get themselves into trouble. And I fear that that is actually one of the most pernicious messages that's being sent to the force. It's a great point, And it's a great place to leave it for this week. I look forward to seeing both of you as well as a, a number of, from the audience uh, at, at the upcoming SNA. Thanks again, Vaga. Thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate it. Well, that does it for this week. As always, our thanks go out to Vaga Moradian and the Defense and Aerospace Group for their support. Be sure and listen next week as we present several special editions of the podcast focusing on people and themes from the show. And if you see us at SNA in Crystal City, please stop and say hello. Be sure to follow us at Cavus Ships on Twitter. And remember, this podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Spotify. I'm Chris Cervello. And I'm Chris Cavus. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>